The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. All right, let's go ahead and call the city council meeting for March 14th to order. Let the record reflect a starting time of 7 p.m. With that being said, Clerk Swope, would you please take the roll? Uh, Councilmember Brown. Present. Councilmember Daniels. Here. Councilmember Garza. Here. Councilmember Hussein. Here. Councilmember Jackson. Present. Councilmember Spadafor. Present. Councilmember Spitzley. Here. Councilmember Wood. Here. There are eight members present, a quorum. And we are to the uh, meditation and pledge of allegiance. Council members, mayor or clerk, do you have anybody that we need to remember tonight? Uh, Vice President Wood. I'm not sure how many council members um, saw the release from um, the Landlords Association, but Gary Calkins um, passed away on March 6th. Many of us know um, Gary from his work with the Landlords Association, uh, Lansing resident as well as a landlord in our community. He worked um, diligently on um, our housing code when we would make um, changes to that um, to talk to us about the perspective of landlords as well as um, taking our message back to landlords um, so that they understood what we were trying to achieve. So if we could remember he and his family um, in our, <clears throat> excuse me, in our meditations this evening, I would appreciate it. Certainly. Are there others? Seeing none, if you could join us in a moment of uh, meditation, we'd appreciate it, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. have for your approval the council proceedings of February 14th and 28th. Vice President Wood. Thank you, um, President Hussein. At this time, I would move the minutes of February 14th and February 28th as written. All right, there's a motion on the floor for the discussion. Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Uh, we are to um, special ceremonies and presentations. We have a presentation from the uh, Board of Water and Light on the new street light reporting system. All right, and I believe we have, it looks like Kelvin Jones and Brina uh, Poo with us. Fantastic. We appreciate you guys being here. You can come on down, take a seat right here at this table. We'll make sure, yep, Mike should be working. When you guys talk, make sure you guys are, you guys are old hat at this, but. Make sure the um, green light's on. All right. All right. Thanks, Calvin, for being yep. here. You're welcome. All right. You have the floor. Good evening, um, President Hussein, uh, Vice President Wood, members of the council, honorable mayor. Um, we're glad to be here tonight. I'm Calvin Jones, Director of Governmental Affairs, Community Relations with the Lansing Board of Water and Light. 
And I'm here to announce <clears throat> uh, to the council, uh, the Board of Water and Light now has a dedicated website for information reporting regarding street lights. Uh, I know we've had a lot of <laughs> different types of communication uh, with respect to street lights, but now we have a very good system uh, in place for, uh, for our residents to utilize anytime there's an outage. Uh, the website is lbwl.com backslash community backslash streetlights. And for those who don't have access to a computer, there is a phone number, a dedicated phone number that you can contact as well. It's 877-295-5001. This new uh, system allows, uh, um, as a central point of contact for reporting streetlight outages, and we also have, uh, in conjunction with our website, we have uh, FAQs that are available for our customers to, uh, to read as well. So I know you would all be pleased uh, that we have a streetlight outage system now so we don't have to have uh, as configured uh, a system as we have um, uh, going forward. So that's what I wanted to announce tonight. And I skipped my supper just to come down and make sure I told you that myself. <laughs> all right. Brina, before we take questions, do you have anything to add? Nope. Nope? Okay. Vice President Wood. Thank you. Just a couple of things. One, could you repeat the number a little bit slower? Absolutely. The phone number is 877-295-5001. That's 877-295-5001. And if you could give us an idea of what information you're looking for when somebody reports light out. I'm sure you don't want them to say, there's a light out on my street, period. Good question. And here's okay. Brina Pugh, our community relations manager with the Pool of Water and Light. All right. So on the website, there's a form which will um, ask all of this information. So it'll ask their name, how can someone follow up with them, um, email, phone number, and then it will ask for a location. And then you, there's a notes section where you can report anything else you want. And then we do have an um, option for you to upload a photo or a map location so that you can show us what your streetlight issue is. And there's a uh, drop down that you can push for different options. So if you have a streetlight out or if your streetlight is broken or if your streetlight is flashing. So we know that those are all the common problems we see with streetlights. So you've got an option to fill out any of those. Okay. So that same information when you call in, name, how yep. to, how to uh, contact them, uh, email or a phone number, uh, the location of where the street light is out and the things that it could be doing, whether the street light's broken, yep. whether it's out completely, or whether it's blinking. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Councilwoman Spitzley. Thank you, Mr. President. So I, I appreciate that, and, you know, you've well earned your dinner for tonight. <laughs> I know everybody up here has probably called you about it. Um, do you have kind of an... A couple things. Do you have an idea of kind of the turnaround of time? And then the second thing is, I know that when we talked, I talked to Dick Peffley earlier, late last year, um, he was talking about some delays with um, supply chain. Of course, everybody's having supply chain issues, but getting some of the um, materials needed for the lights and to replace the lights, have you resolved that? 
I, those are two. We are still having some supply chain issues. That's why we're giving people, and you'll see it when you fill out the form, and when you call in, it'll give you a message that tells you that it's about 10 business days is what you should expect for turnaround on your street light. That's for getting the materials and then being able to plan out the work with our crews. Councilman Jackson. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Couldn't miss a chance to talk to Mr. Jones and, <laughs> and, and the board wearing lights. So I heard not working lights, flickering lights, mm -hmm. some other category. What about too bright angled into their windows and they can't sleep because of it? Yes, yeah, so we actually have on that same website, there's information about our LED streetlight program. As you probably know, we've talked to you guys, I think, about this before. We're converting all of our streetlights to LED that will save us money, and it's a better streetlight, and they don't make the old ones anymore. Um, so on that, there's an area where you can fill in and say that your streetlight is too bright, and then we will come out and figure out if what kind of adjustments can be made. So I believe it's LEDstreetlights at lbwl.com. Thank you. Are there other questions, comments? Seeing none, we appreciate greatly you being here and I, I and I, I say it every time you guys are here but um, I, th I think the work warrants it you all continue to be in terms of interfacing as advocates everybody's fantastic that we work with but you all continue to be just one of the absolute most responsive shops in the city and so we really appreciate that thanks for all you guys do thank, thank you. you thanks so much okay we are to comments by council members and the city clerk are there comments by council members councilwoman Spitzley then Councilman Garza. Uh oh, I've lost it already. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I wanted to um, let folks um, inform folks about a series of stories that are happening. It's called the Veterans Story Project. And um, on a regular basis, um, it's at the um, Alfreda Schmidt Community Center Auditorium. Um, the next one that's coming up is on Tuesday, March 29th, 2022, and this one will be um, Vietnam veteran stories. And so this will be um, stories um, featuring Vietnam veterans. Um, we've we've had a number of them. The, the one last, uh, the last time they had it was on the um, Veterans Foundation Fund, and we we honored Alfreda Schmidt. Um, this time again, it's about. Um, Vietnam veterans telling their stories and it, it's it's a great opportunity um, and again it's March 29th at 7 o'clock um, in at the uh, Alfreda Schmidt Community Center Auditorium and it's free so come on down and you know honor our vets and support our vets as they're telling their stories thank you uh, Councilman Garza Thank you, Council President. I just want to inform you guys that the South Lansing Business Associations having their March membership meeting Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Uh, there will be a special guest speaker. The mayor of the city of Lansing, Andy Shore, will be there. And the location is Cleats Bar and Grill, Hope Sports Co so Soccer Complex, uh, 5801 North Aurelius Road, Lansing, Michigan, 48911. And the time is from 1130 a.m. to 1 p.m. All right, we appreciate that. Just two quick comments. Um, well, I, I guess a comment and announcement. First of all, um, I want to thank everybody for coming out to our constituent contact meeting this past Saturday. Uh, this was the first in-person meeting we had had uh, in almost two years. Uh, and at the outset of that meeting, you know, I, I made the statement that although the work didn't stop, uh, we continued to build community over the two years, 
there, there just is no substitute uh, for getting back in person, working with one another, prioritizing, uh, you know, issues and, and coming up with uh, solutions. And so it was truly, truly fantastic to be back in that space. Um, and I think, you know, folks felt the same way. I think we had some 45 individuals that decided to come out and be part of that uh, on a Saturday morning, cold Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. So I think that speaks volumes. Um, that being said, I want to give a special thanks to Mr. Kelly Dean, as well as uh, Representative Sarah Anthony, who are on hand. Now, those are co-chairs of the, um, I believe the committee name is Say Yes to Lansing Schools. Uh, and obviously, they're, what they're looking to do is uh, gain support for a May 3rd bond proposal uh, for the school district, where they're looking to uh, rebuild four new schools, uh, make some, some major investments into Sexton, and then also take a look at HVAC and air conditioning in every building and every classroom. Um, in the city. So they were there to speak about that. Um, we also had Ben Sheldoner, who was our school uh, district superintendent on hand. Uh, he gave us a district update. We certainly appreciate him. And then we also had Mr. Chris Tarkowski, uh from Ferguson Development in to talk about the mixed-use development at 2130 West Home. So again, it was a very powerful meeting, uh, lots of great information conveyed. Uh, and I want to give uh, special thanks also to Judge uh, Cynthia Ward, who was on hand. Border Water and Light Commissioner Deshaun Leak, Councilman Jeffrey Brown, we appreciate you being there. Community Engagement Advocate uh, Luciana Solis was there. Community Police Officer Glenn Briggs. Uh, we had our Cold and Building Safety Officers, both Meredith Johnson and Jerry Dunham. Uh, and then we also had the Director of Neighbors and Citizen Engagement, Delisa Fontaine. And it was a true pleasure, pleasure to be in the Elfrida Schmidt Building and to have actually Elfrida Schmidt on hand with us as well. Uh, so that was fantastic. And then uh, with regards to the respective citizens of, of South Lansing, we had uh, just about every neighborhood represented in South Lansing. We had folks from Churchill. We had folks from Leno. We had folks from Avery Woods and Colonial Village, Luton Ridge. We had folks from Colonial Cooperative. Uh, so again, just a tremendous meeting, and I appreciate everybody coming out. Our next meeting is April um, 9th, 10 to 12 noon. at the. No, I think it's actually April 12th. That's second Saturday. Sorry, April 12th. No, it is April 9th. Uh, 10 to 12 noon at the Alfreda Schmidt Southside Community Center, and that is at 5825 Wise Road. What we do is we meet, it's the most accessible room in the entire place. We meet in the Sandy Allen room, uh, which is right off the parking lot. And then the announcement I have is that the Luton Rich Neighborhood Association, they will have their first in-person meeting in quite some time, and that will be this Thursday, March 17th at 7 p.m. That meeting will take place at Mayflower Church, located at 2901 West Mount Hope Avenue. Uh, always a great meeting, incredibly well attended. Uh, and I certainly encourage folks from the Luton Rich area to attend. Thank you. Okay. Oh, sorry, Vice President Wood. I thought you were going to announce the Colonial Village uh, neighborhood meeting that's on the 16th. And Go for it. It will be at 6.30, and they will um, have representatives of the um, public service um, uh, department there to discuss the CSO project that's going to be happening in that neighborhood. Um, it's at 630 at Grace United Church, the corner of um, Mount Hope and Boston Boulevard. And normally their time is 7, but it is at 630. So please note the time change. We were just making sure you were paying attention, Vice President. Uh, okay. uh, Clerk Swope. Uh, thank you, President Hussein. Uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, you touched on uh, the school district providing information about their uh, upcoming bond proposals. So from the um, election side of that, uh, we have mailed absentee ballot applications uh, to uh, the voters who are eligible and who live in the, in the district. So uh, get that back and we will get a ballot in your hands. Uh, you know, I really encourage you to 
to participate in this election. It's uh, the future of our schools and our and our children um, is very important. So you should uh, have your have your say in that election. Uh, you can return your application um, in person or through the mail, or we have 15 drop boxes throughout the city, and you can uh, find a map uh, on the city website of where those 15 drop boxes are. Um, we, we are collecting those regularly, so feel free to use that to return both your application and then once you get your ballot to return your, your ballot. Um, speaking of which, though the ballots will be mailed out uh, in approximately 10 or 11 days. They'll go out the 24th of March, uh, which gives you plenty of time uh, to check a yes or a no and return the ballot, um, again, through the mail, in person, or at one of our drop boxes. So I do encourage you to participate. Um, I also want to highlight something that will not impact the May election. It will go into effect beginning with the August election. Um, and that is because of the changes in the ward boundaries as well as the county commission, state house, senate, uh, et cetera, districts. Uh, we do need to do uh, redrawing of the precinct boundaries here in the city of Lansing. So it doesn't really affect who represents you, but it does uh, potentially impact where you would go to vote. Uh, we do have a plan and we're uh, asking for input uh, before the election commission adopts that map on April 1st. So uh, you can um, get to the map at uh, lansingmi.gov slash clerk. There is a link uh, that says 2022 precinct boundaries or something, something like that. Uh, so again, I encourage you, draft 2022 voting precinct map. So I encourage you to take a look at that, provide any input you have. Um, and uh, to save money, we are looking at reducing the number of precincts, uh, considering since the passage of Proposal 3 of 2018, which gives every voter in Michigan the constitutional right to vote by mail or by absentee ballot. We have seen uh, between two-thirds and three-quarters of voters uh, voting ahead of Election Day in, uh, in the elections that we've had since that passed. So uh, we feel there's not quite as much need for as many polling places out there. Uh, but want to, to get folks input. Um, and with that, uh, we are to um, community event announcements. If there's anyone in the audience with a community event, we'll give you one minute to tell us about your event. And seeing none, we'll move on. Uh, we are to um, speaker registration for public comment on legislative matters. That is the blue form in the back that uh, Jake can uh, assist you with. Uh, by the way, Jake is filling in as our intern for council as Jessica's out this week. Um, so you have about another minute and the blue form, this period is for items uh, three through 19 on the agenda, which is all the action items and hearings. And we'll give you another minute to sign up. And in the meantime, we're to the mayor's comments. Mayor Shore. Thank you, Mr. President. First, I want to wish everyone a happy pie day. Um, I woke up to that this morning and got to have pizza for dinner because pie, so yay. Um, uh, I will point out that I'm wearing my, my uh, yellow and blue today, not because I'm a Michigan fan, which I am, um, but in support of, of the, the folks in Ukraine. I know last time that was brought up here, and I'd like to once again reiterate um, the support that Lansing is giving to the, uh, the folks in Ukraine, um, we, we pointed out, we put out a release this morning, want to make sure everyone here knows that uh, I asked uh, Desiree Kirkland to look at our investments, 
and to see what investments, if any, we have in Russia. And it turned out we had very, very little, but whatever we did have will be moved. Um, I've spoken to the chair of the, the retirement boards, and we're going to be talking about that tomorrow um, as well for, for moving and divesting in, in funds dealing with Russia. So um, there's not a lot we can do as a city, but we can certainly express our support and uh, invest where we're not going to be supporting those who are invading other countries. Um, so that uh, we announced today. Um, I want to offer some congratulations. Um, first to uh, Lansing Township Supervisor DeAndre Hayes. If you haven't heard, she is stepping down and moving, um, I believe, to Oklahoma. Um, so I want to thank her for her service. She's been a, a good friend, a good partner for a very long time for me. I've known her for many years since we were served together in the legislature. Um, so I want to wish Supervisor Hayes the best. I want to congratulate Hyacinth House. They have new ownership. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, Cliff's going to do a great job. He's got lots of great ideas. It was great to be at the ribbon cutting. Um, the Nelson Gallery downtown will be having a ribbon cutting this Thursday. Um, I want to recognize the, the Board of Water and Light if they're still here. They have their pandemic resource fair tomorrow at Let's from 4 to 8. So uh, anybody who needs help with pandemic resources, whether it's housing or, or whatever else, um, the BWL is bringing together a lot of different groups tomorrow from 4 to 8. Uh, similarly, the City of Lansing is holding its next expungement clinic this Friday. Um, the Office of the City Attorney, uh, thank you, City Attorney Smirka and his staff, um, they do a great job, so we're excited about that to help out folks with expungement. Um, wanted to reiterate an announcement we made. Uh, I got to stand with the Attorney General, Dana, Nelson, Dana Nessel, as we announced the, the opioid settlement, as everybody here knows, uh, City of Lansing was one of the first in on, um, on taking legal action against opioid distributors and manufacturers. And uh, now it's starting to settle. And the first settlements are in, and it's about $800 million, um, 400 million of that, about half of it to go to local governments. Although we don't know the distributions yet, but as soon as we do, I'm gonna come to you all for a supplemental appropriation, and we're gonna talk about how to, how to use that money um, for our first responders, for our victims, for our families, um, for all of these things that we can use here in Lansing. Um, we have our mobile food distri distribution this Saturday at uh, Tabernacle of David, um, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. till the food runs out, it's usually about 11 or 11.30. Um, and then finally, um, I don't have specific details, but I'm gonna give you all a heads up. The, uh, the federal government is passing their budget for 2022. Um, it passed the, the, the U.S. House of Representatives last Wednesday, the U.S. Senate last Friday, and I believe the president's going to sign it, and we're doing pretty well in that here in Lansing. Um, we're getting some money for, uh, for Michigan Avenue and for some infrastructure on Michigan Avenue. We're getting some money for uh, crisis, these, uh, the crisis teams that we had talked about with the social worker, police officer, and EMS. Um, we're expecting some dollars for our city attorney's office for prosecution. LCC is going to get some money for a mobile health team. Um, the airport, we think, is going to get some money for a, a new terminal. So we did a really good job of, of pushing, and um, a lot of this, the details will be fleshed out. And uh, Senator Stabenow, Senator Peters, and Congresswoman Slotkin will be um, releasing a lot of that information. I just gave you what I know. I don't know any uh, much more than that. But, um, but it's really exciting, and we're going to be able to utilize those dollars here in Lansing uh, to increase our infrastructure and, and to help our residents. So good stuff going on. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Okay, we are to um, public comment on legislative matters. Uh, 
And uh, in addition to the action items, it includes the two following hearings that I'll read into the record. SLU 2 of 2021 Special Land Use Permit 5411 Wise Road to allow for a new Board of Water and Light electrical power substation in the R2 Suburban Detached Residential Zoning District. Uh, and the other is uh, an ordinance to amend Chapter 696, Section 696.07, to provide requirements for owners of firearms to report the theft thereof and provide penalties for failure to make a report. All right. Councilman Garza, do you have anything to add on the SLU? Uh, yeah, I'll just give a brief summary. Thank you, Council President. Uh, so Special Land Use 2-2. 2021 is a request by the Lansing Board of Water and Light for a special land use permit to construct a new electrical power substation at 5411 Wise Road. Uh, this is to replace the existing substation. The new substation will be larger and more energy efficient than the, than the existing substation and is part of the Board of Water and Light's overall plan to replace the power generated by Eckert Power Station. The planning board voted five to zero to recommend the approval of this re request. And with that, I would move the resolution. Uh, thank you, President Hussein. Um, again, this ordinance was um, brought to us by um, Mayor Shore. This is a replica of a state statute that um, requires reporting of stolen um, firearms. Um, unfortunately, even though it's a requirement statewide, um, the information that is given to the city, we've only had one report that has disseminated from the state police um, to the city in regards to this. This will allow, um, again, when we look at the many uh, myriad of ways that we're looking at dealing um, with gun violence in our community, this is an additional tool uh, that will allow us to have um, a little more information um, as um, the police department investigates uh, crimes, uh, along with the fact of when they uh, recover uh, weapons to know whether this has been stolen or not. So with that, we're anxious for public comment. Um, and then um, during the passage, I know that we had um, three or four questions from uh, Councilmember Spadafor, and we'll have uh, Lisa Hagan uh, give us the answers to those so that you will have those as well for the record. Thank you. Thank you. Clerk Swope. Okay, I first want to acknowledge that we received written communications in support of Brownfield Plan Number 80 from uh, the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce, as well as uh, Elaine and David Womble. It'll be made part of the record. And then speakers, we have Kyle Richard, followed by Loretta Stanaway. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Uh, I'm here to speak on items four and five, which are the same item tonight, scheduled for a public hearing and a vote. And I want you all to know that I watched the remainder of the meeting after I left last time. Uh, so this is the ordinance to amend chapter 696 to provide requirements for owners of firearms to report the theft thereof and provide penalties for failure to make a report. Uh, I've got a bit of a structure tonight, uh, who, what, when, why, uh, who, starting with who, uh, who will this ordinance and its penalties come down on? Answer, poor and working class gun owners in Lansing. Fine-based penalties discriminate against poor and working class people. 
A slap on the wrist on Morse River Drive is a life-changing sum of money in Churchill Downs. I'm talking about rent, food, groceries, and gas. Uh, what? What is the responsible thing to do? Councilmember Spitzley sort of hinted at this question when she shared last meeting that she's a gun owner, she knows where it is, and she would file a report. This brings me to two other who questions. Who commits crimes against us, and who steals a gun? The answer, those closest to us and someone who knows where it is. If my nephew steals my gun, I'm not calling the police, I'm calling his mom. That would be the responsible thing to do. And frankly, I don't think it's anyone's job on this council to legislate your interpretation of responsibility. This ordinance demands poor and working class gun owners criminalize their family and friends prior to the gun's use in the act of committing a crime. Timing is important, and so let's talk about when. When will these penalties be enacted? Answer, after a stolen gun is found at the scene of a crime and its owner located. More overtime for police. This ordinance pulls more people into the existing punitive system while increasing the responsibilities of Lansing police officers. The Lansing Police Department has too much on its plate as is and y'all keep shoving food in their mouth. So why? Why do I say all this tonight? I would ask the president and the members of this council for a motion to postpone the vote scheduled for tonight. Does this policy do what you think it does? Vice President Wood expressed when motioning for this vote that it should happen unless there is significant public input. So I'll leave you with a final question. In this body, is it simply strength in numbers or do ideas hold weight? Please take it home and think about it. Postpone the vote. Thank you. Thank you. Next is Loretta Stanaway, followed by a familiar name, Jody Washington. Okay, Loretta Stanaway, and I am a CPL holder and a gun owner, and I have to say I have a little bit of mixture of feelings about this proposed ordinance. But when I come down to it, my concerns are these. Um, it says, as it does in the state uh, ordinance, five days. It does not clarify, us. is that five business days? Is that five calendar days? Also, um, the state ordinance does not address, and I think yours does, missing or lost guns. So I think there needs to be some clarification there as well. And I believe your ordinance says the penalty is $500, whereas the state says it's up to $500. And uh, like the prior speaker, I'm a little concerned about the fact that this might be too punitive and that it may encourage people who discover their guns are lost or missing or stolen to not report because they don't want to have missed that five-day deadline and end up penalized by a fine they can't afford to pay when they realize that, you know, maybe they didn't report it in that five-day window and we're not aware, which raises the next question, which is how are you going to make enough people aware enough of this to make it enforceable and realistic that people have the opportunity to report when they need to? Thank you. Thank you, and uh, finally we have Jody Washington. Uh, 
Hey, everybody. I'm actually here to talk about the Brownfield, of which I am really excited. I'm in favor of this um, because it's the project at the intersection of Pleasant Grove and Holmes. And I realize many people do not understand what a Brownfield capture is, but this makes sense. The city cannot afford to clean up our contaminated properties up front, and I am thankful that developers like the Ferguson Group are willing to clean it up and allow us to repay them for our work through a tax capture. Um, this is not a tax incentive for wealthy developers. So, you know, I'm totally in favor of this. Um, and also, um, environmentally, we should be supporting these types of projects to get the toxins and the contaminants out of our soil and out of our city. So I'm, I'm very supportive of that. Um, secondly, I'm really happy that this project that's being proposed will pay homage to Malcolm X and to the Little family. It's part of our history, and it's long overdue, and it's well-deserved. I look forward to seeing how they um, do pay this tribute, but I'm excited about it. Um, also, the businesses and services that are proposed to be in this building are really needed in this particular area of town. We have a financial desert there, we have a legal desert there, and we have a medical desert. So I'm very excited about that. Let's support the neighborhoods, even if they're not downtown. Thank you. Thank you. And on the referral of the public hearings, um, number item three, SLU two of 2021. Economic development. And item four, the chapter 696. Place on file. This will be considered later tonight. Okay. Then we are to ordinances for passage. Um, we have an ordinance of the City of Lansing, Michigan to amend the codified ordinances by chapter 696, section 696 point, by amending chapter 696, section 696.07 to provide requirements for owners of firearms to report the theft thereof and provide penalties for failure to make a report is read a second time by its title is reported it was reported from the committee on public safety and is on the order of immediate passage vice president wood thank you um i'm going to make a few comments then we'll have lisa answer uh the questions that we have we'll also allow uh, the mayor if he has any comments on this um before we ask for the passage of this um, as was stated, uh, this particular ordinance uh, was recommended to this body by um, Mayor Shore. Um, and in looking at this, this only deals with stolen weapons. It does not deal with those that are lost. So I want to clarify that. I think there was a misunderstanding um, with that. Um, two, when we are trying to um, ascertain the amount of weapons that are um, involved and recovered in crimes or on um, possession that people have and not knowing whether this weapon has been stolen or not. Um, unless the gun is registered, you're not going to know that this gun has been stolen from somebody's property. That's why it is extremely important to have someone who discovers that they have had a weapon stolen, that they report this. It will help in understanding where those weapons are coming from. We understand that um, over the past year, 
we have recovered over 532 weapons um, the Lansing Police Department has, and we understand that not all of those were weapons that were stolen in our community, that this is something that's happening in multiple uh, communities. But this also, though, does give us some ability for tracking in that. Um, Lisa, some of the questions that, uh, Ms. Hagan, some of the questions that were asked by Councilmember um, Spadafore dealt with the definition of firearms. Where were we getting that definition? He was concerned that, you know, we're not talking about a BB gun, but we're talking about a firearm. He also asked um, the question of the five days, and then he asked about uh, the reporting, um, how we would, uh, if this was passed, um, and took immediate effect, how would the reporting system work on, on that? So if you could answer those questions and if uh, Councilmember Spadafore wants to expound more or has additional questions, I'm sure he'll uh, raise his hand. He's not afraid to do those things. So with that, I'd ask you to answer those questions for the body. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Um, firearm is defined in Michigan legislature, specifically MCL 750.222, that's in the penal code. Um, so specifically subsection E, firearm means any weapon which will, is designed to, or may readily be converted to expel a projectile by action of an explosive. Um, in terms of the five days, um, as was pointed out, our ordinance does specify that the reporting shall take place within five days. Um, in the absence of a specific indicator as to business days or calendar days, you would use the plain reading, which would be calendar days. So if the fifth day happens to fall on a Sunday, the Lansing Police Department is a 24-7 operation, and that report should be made by that Sunday, for example. Um, specific specifics as to the reporting um, you know there's various ways to report this type of thing um, Lansing Police Department has a section on their website where you can report a crime so you can fill out that form and begin the process that way you could call the non-emergency police number or you could call uh, 911 and they would dispatch somebody out there to take that report just as soon as the call load allows it and this is based on when you discover the weapon has been stolen. Yes, ma'am. The ordinance speaks to uh, upon the discovery of the theft, the five days starts then. All right, thank you. All right, uh, Councilmember uh, Spadafore is fine with those. So now, if the mayor would like to um, make a few comments, and then I would move the um, ordinance. Mayor Shore. Thank you. Um, thank you, Mr. President. I, I don't want to repeat what's already been said, um, but uh, I do feel this is a, another, this is a tool in the toolbox for our police officers. Uh, again, it's something that's in state law, so it's consistent. Um, I wanted to, when I originally announced this, I did want to add lost, um, and then Ms. Hagan so very nicely pointed out to me that we are preempted from almost anything when it comes to guns, um, but the one thing we can do is, is replicate state law. So I can't do lost, but I can do stolen. So my request of you is stolen. Uh, I have had conversations with some legislators about adding lost into the state law. And if that were to happen, I'd, I would probably come back to you and ask you to update to include lost. But it's a whole different conversation. Um, 
you know, to me, this is about responsible gun owners. Responsible gun owners have guns, and they are responsible about them. And if, if a gun, gun is stolen, which happens, you report it. Um, if you don't, that to me is irresponsible. Um, I am a gun owner. I have a, um, a 22 that I keep unloaded. Um, I have shot it with my son, but again, I, I know where the gun lock key is. I know where the ammunition is. Um, and if it gets stolen, I will report that. Um, I, I think that's fair. Um, the one thing I, I will I'll add about the, uh, the definition of firearm, as I recall from my days in the legislature, it doesn't include BB guns and air guns because it's not an explosion, and they have to have those little orange tabs under state law. So there is a, a very big distinction. So, you know, again, I think this is a, um, a reasonable tool that's already required. It's just now they have to require, now they're required to report it to us as well as state police. And uh, I know Chair Wood has asked me about this. The, the police will have, will have the ability as soon as you pass this. Well, their Chief Sosby is ready to go should this pass with, uh, with the website to be updated. Uh, and certainly we've got the phone numbers and other things that, that uh, LPD will do their best to, to push out and we will push out. Um, through social media, through traditional media, through uh, neighborhood conversations and other things to let folks know in the same way we do any other ordinance. Thank you. So with that, um, Mr. President, I would move the passage of this ordinance. There is, there is a motion on the floor for the discussion. Councilman Jackson. Thank you. So I'm just, a, I understand the reason for it, except I don't really understand it because the state law is in place and we all talked about preemption and it's required to report it under state law, it sounds like. And also, when you think about reporting your gun, I don't, I, I don't have a gun. I do want one, kind of, but I have never owned one, except I'm pretty sure you register with either Michigan State Police or the county sheriff's department. So if it's stolen, and you naturally would probably report it to one of those two agencies, and those agencies would then report that in the LEAN, Law Enforcement Information Network. I see my officer just looked up, because if you, that's where you check to see if the status of the gun and if it's reported stolen, and any of those agencies, they put it right in there, and that's how any agency across the country can see that. So it does sound like we're duplicating and giving the gun owner a second, requirement, um, but it ultimately, I don't think it's going to, I don't see how it helps when it's already required and already going to be in there and already going to be in lean um, as soon as it's reported to, no matter who it's reported to. So I'm still listening to everybody, but um, yeah, that's just where I'm at on that. Thank you. Mayor Shore or um, Ms. Hagan, do either of you want to respond to that concern? Well, I, I know that in committee conversation, uh, the chief said that it's only reported to state police. I don't believe that um, it shows up in lean when it's reported to state police, not the chief. Um, it was Captain Backus. Yeah. Uh, Captain Backus said it was reported to state police, and state police does not necessarily give it to us unless we have to you know, actually request it every time. And um, it's been very limited, as the chair said. So I, I don't believe it's a, it's a lean search. Now, I'm not an expert, so you may want to ask our, our police officer, but that did not come up. What came up was that it has to be reported to state police um, and that we don't get that necessarily from state police. And I'm sure what if I missed something there? As the discussion um, went on, uh, Mayor Shore, um, that we asked the question, in fact, I, I believe it was uh, Council Member Daniels or Council Member Garza that asked how often 
um, had we received a report from the state police on this, and they said once. So even though they're receiving that information on a regular basis, they are not transferring that information to the Lansing City Police Department. Two, um, a responsible um, gun owner does register their gun, but if I buy it at from another individual or I buy it at a gun show, I'm not necessarily registering my gun there so that when a gun shows up, there's not necessarily the ability to know where that gun came from. So this helps in that process as well to, to allow for that. We understand that yes, there is a requirement by the state, but if you look at, and I'm sure if I ask Ms. Hagan or the city attorney, there's a number of ordinances that we have adopted over the years that are part of state law, but so that we have the ability for enforcement, we have adopted them. I think of the International Fire Code, the code, the building code, um, the motor vehicle code, a number of those have been adopted by us um, so that we have additional means to be able to make sure that things are, are um, the, the appropriate parties are getting that information. An example with the building code is if we didn't adopt that and enforce that, then you're looking at the state who has, um, I believe it's five people that enforce the building code that would be responsible for all of our rental properties inside the city. But because we adopted that, we now have our enforcement with that. Yeah, that brings to mind the, the gambling ordinance that this body supported in Correct. 2018 as well. That being said, Mr. Smirko. Council Member Wood is absolutely correct. <clears throat> it's just different jurisdictions. You have state laws, state felonies, state misdemeanors, and a lot of times we have mirrored those. And what happens there, in addition with this ordinance, is it keeps it local. All, any violation of this nature would go through the city attorney's office and be in the district court. So we, we keep it local. So the instances that you mentioned about the state police not reporting if there's something that's reported to Lansing Police Department, we'll get it. So that's my input on this. Appreciate it. Are there other questions, comments? Councilman Jackson. Just a little, I mean, just a little bit on that. So it's only local if the officer writes a ticket and sends it to the city attorney's office, but the officer may just say it's gonna be a state law and send it to the prosecutor's office, therefore not local. But I do still believe that if a gun has a social or a security number on it, uh, what are those numbers called? Serial number. Serial number on it, then that's how it gets traced from there on out. And if it's ever found, they type it in and they can figure out where it goes, unless it's a ghost gun with no uh, number on it. But I do believe that it goes to lean as soon as it's reported stolen by any agency. Vice President Wood and then Mayor Shore. I will tell you that the chief and Captain Backus both have indicated the majority of the recovered weapons that have been recovered by the Lansing Police Department were not able to identify where they came from. 
So just so that you're aware of this. I mean, it wasn't like a car where I can pull the VIN number, you know, and find out what dealership had it and then, you know, work through that, that process. Um, so that is coming from those that do the enforcement. Mayor Shore. I had an opportunity to text Captain Backus, and he said that um, I asked him if stolen guns get put into lien by state police. He said uh, it's not. Our detention staff actually puts them in. So the state police apparently does not. Um, if LPD gets a report of a stolen gun, they put in lien. If Michigan State, because that's who the gun owner decided to report it to, they put in lien. If they do the sheriff, they put in lien. It, it's probably Mayor a better sure. question for for yeah, uh, police I officer, agree. but my understanding is they're not getting the reports. Thank you. Are there other questions? Comments? All right, seeing none, there is a motion on the floor. Uh, Clerk Swope. On adoption of the ordinance, Councilmember Brown. Yes. Councilmember Daniels. Yes. Councilmember Garza. Yes. Councilmember Hussein. Yes. Councilmember Jackson. No. Councilmember Spadafore. Yes. Councilmember Spitzley. Yes. Councilmember Wood. Yes. Seven yeas, one nay, the ordinance is adopted. At this time, I would move for immediate effect. A motion on the floor, further discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those, oh. all those um, opposed? discussion, the reason why I'll oppose. I, I'm sorry, I did not see your hand. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I know you didn't because it was so quick. The reason why I'll oppose immediate here is because the awareness factor. We already know people aren't going to know this law exists. So technically, it's an immediate thing, like as of today, tomorrow. So the 30-day window, although still people won't know they exist, is better than zero. So that's just why I'll be voting no for immediate effect. And I appreciate that. I apologize once again. Uh, again, in terms of immediate effect, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion. Okay, we are to the consent agenda, which uh, consists of items 6 through 15 on the printed council agenda. All right, do we have any items that need to be pulled tonight? Uh, Councilman Garza. Yeah, I'd like to pull number 13, the appointment of Diane Hartwell. I believe she's in the audience today. Yes. All right, fantastic. Do we have others? I do believe we have Clara Martinez as well, correct? Okay, so I think we need to pull... Councilman Spitzley, go ahead. I just wanted to check and make sure if Abigail Klumparins is in the is in the audience. Okay, she's not. Sorry about that. Okay, thank you. No, she's not here. Yep. All right. So what we are going to do, uh, because they were so incredibly. Yep. Go ahead. I need to have number six pulled as well. I just need to give a brief explanation about that. That works. Thank you so much. So what we're going to do, uh, and it might be a little convoluted, but we want to be respectful of people's time. Uh, we're going to first take on the appointments. We'll then do the consent, and then we'll move the uh, claim appeal to the top of the agenda in terms of resolutions for action. Clerk Swope. Okay, we are to the appointment of Clara Martinez. Uh, Councilwoman Spitzley. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, is, Clara's here. So we have here Clara Martinez, and she um, is being proposed to be a first ward member of the Arts and Culture Commission. 
court term to expire June 30th, um, 2022. Clara Martinez is a dance educator um, and a community leader. She is a dance educator at Everett High School. Go Vikings. Um, so she um, was previously appointed as to the Mayor's Inclusion and Diversity Advisory Council, um, but wanted to be a part of the, um, the newly formed Mayor's Arts and Culture um, Commission. Um, you know, Clara came in and she talked about how um, important it is for the arts and for dance and how she would like to use um, her, um, her skills um, to further, you know, the, the, the arts community. So I, I, you know, I was, I was really impressed with that. Um, again, thank you for your um, willingness to serve. And with that, I'll move the resolution. I would agree. Uh, that was, it was a fantastic interview and we certainly appreciate your willingness. Uh, that being said, there's a motion on the floor for the discussion. Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries, congratulations. Congratulations again. That brings us to the resolution of appointment for Diane Hartwell as a resident member of the North Grand River Corridor Improvement Authority Board of Directors, Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President. So the mayor has made an appointment of Diane Hartwell as a resident member of the North Grand River Corridor Improvement Authority Board of Directors for a term to expire June 30th, 2023. Uh, the Committee on Development and Planning met on March 9th, 2022 and took affirmative action. Ms. Ms. Hartwell, you know, we, 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 we talked to you. Uh, you've been in that, that neighborhood for quite some time. You are looking at uh, trying to make the city the best way possible you can and to improve that corridor. So I appreciate that as I used to live in that area and I, I know it needs some help. So thank you for your willingness to serve. And with that, I would move the resolution. There is a resolution on the floor um, or a motion on the floor, sorry, for the discussion. Um, I would just say how excited I am that we're finally populating uh, this, this authority. Um, I believe we um, actually um, formed this back in December of 2019, so it's been a long time coming, so congratulations. Um, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Congratulations. Congratulations. That brings us to the consent agenda. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, uh, President Hussein. The items for the consent agenda include the Greater Lansing 
Regional Committee uh, for Stormwater Management uh, Memorandum of Agreement. There is a liquor license for Lansing Hotel Investors, LLC, for an SDM and a B hotel license with additional bars, and this would be for 111 North Grand River. There is the appointment of Abigail, and I'm going to butcher the last name, so... Conplarence. Conplarence, okay. As a fourth ward member of the Human Relations and Community Service um, Advisory Board for a term to expire on June 30th, 2024. There's also another liquor license for RBM um, properties. Uh, this is located at 224 South Washington Square. There is a tribute and recognition of the 71st wedding anniversary for Ulysses and Bernice uh, Embury um, Sr. There is a grant application to the Natural Resources um, Grant Trust Fund. There are three projects. They include uh, an acquisition of property that um, is adjacent to Hawk Island. Also, uh, the refurbishment of a um, three um, tennis uh, courts into one and um, six pickleball courts. And then lastly is um, Bircher uh, Park is to create a venue um, opportunity uh, near the dam um, for entertainment purposes. Uh, last is a grant um, application for uh, the Michigan Department of Transportation local bridges. Um, there are four that are included in this. The replacement of the East Elm Street over the Red Cedar. Um, that would be a replacement. Enterprise Drive over Pulaski Creek is a pre uh, prevention maintenance. Pennsylvania Avenue over South Cedar River is a prevention maintenance. Kalamazoo Street over Grand River is also uh, bundled with the Beach Street over Red Cedar, and those are prevention, uh, preventive maintenance. Uh, this would be for the 2025 grant uh, process uh, for those. So with that, I would move these items on the consent agenda. All right, there's a motion on the floor. Further discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Okay, we have the uh, other item that was pulled from the consent item six, the claim appeal. Councilwoman Spitzley. Thank you, Mr. President, and thank you for your indulgence on this. I thought it was important to give a little bit more context to this. This is a claim appeal number 1886, um, AN Meow, for $3,290 in trash violations at 1900 North Washington. I wanted to talk about it um, because we've um, allowed, we, we, we gave this person three times to show up at committee and that person did not show up at the committee and so um, so we're bringing it here, we moved it forward and so I wanted to put on the record for folks that this person did have um, three opportunities to come to committee. The first time they came late and they were rescheduled again, 
they did not show up and so we were scheduled the third time and they did not show up and so we moved it out of committee um, and um, it was um, because it's over $2,500 it did not go to the claims review it came straight to, to council um, as you can see on there um, there was a lot of trash um, and then with so with that um, and with that background information I will move the resolution all right, there's a motion on the floor. Further discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Okay, to item 16, uh, make safer demolish for Pleasant View. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, President Hussein. Um, this is a make safe or demolish. Uh, this property um, was uh, red tagged on um, 12. 2019 it went before uh, the demo board on um, 10 28 um, 2021 uh, no one showed up at the demo board uh, for this no one showed up at the public hearing or um, at our committee meetings none of the permits have been pulled um, at this time for um, this property the estimated value of repairs is $126,168. So with that, I would move. This is a 60-day make safe or demolish. I would move um, this um, for make safe or demolish. All right. There is a motion on the floor. Further discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Okay, item 17, Brownfield Plan Number 80. Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President. So this Brownfield 80 is Pleasant Grove and Homes Mixed-Use Development Project. This is a, approximately a $13 million private investment. The Authority Board of Directors, Directors had a meeting on January 14, 2022, unanimously recommended approval of this plan. The City of Lansing Department of Economic Development and Planning has determined the proposed project is consistent and lo with local development and redevelopment plans and zoning ordinances. And the public hearing was held by the Lansing City Council on February 28th of 2022. And with that, I would move the resolution. All right, there is a motion on the floor. Is there further discussion? All right, the only thing I would say is just once again, um, we how much we appreciate uh, the Ferguson Development Company. I mean, that can't be understated. Uh, and with regards to Chris uh, and Joel, you guys have been everywhere uh, throughout Southwest Lansing, have made sure that um, folks in you know, some of these neighborhoods that were referenced tonight, whether that be Churchill, whether that be Coach Light, whether that be Colonial Cooperative, um, that they had voice. Um, and again, we've talked so, you know, so much about how difficult a project like this is to make happen. Um, and again, as we approach developers, you all are really the only ones that answer the bell. Um, and we certainly appreciate that. That being said, uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Item 18, Act 1 of 2022. Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President. So Act 1 of 2022 is a sale of a city-owned property at 1020 West Hillsdale Street uh, to the Griffin Group for $200,000. The appraised value of the property was $195,000. The real estate the real estate purchase agreement between the City of Lansing and the Griffin Group was placed on file with the City Clerk on December 21st, 2021. The Planning Board had a regular meeting held on the public 
held to open to the public on February 1st, 2022. The board voted unanimously, six to zero, and the Lansing City Council held its public uh, hearing on this matter at its meeting on February 28th, 2022. And with that, I'd move the resolution. All right, and for folks' edification, this is a uh, six-vote issue. Uh, is there further discussion? Vice President Wood. Just have a quick question whether the administration can answer this. The money from uh, the sale of this will go where? Is it going into the general fund or what What are we doing? You know, I don't know that offhand. I can find out. Okay. If, if we could get an answer to that, I, I won't ask to delay the vote, but if we could get an answer to that and that money would have to be appropriated before um, it could be spent, but I would like to have an idea of what we're doing with that. Okay. Yep. I will. I'll find out where the I, I think it's general fund, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. So let me find out where they go, and I'll I'll get back to you. All right. Thank you. We appreciate it. Other comments, questions? Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. And item 19, uh, Teamsters 214, CBA. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, President Hussein. What we have before us this evening is the um, bargaining agreement for the Teamsters Supervisory and Non-Supervisory Group. Um, this will be effective as of January 1st, 2022 to December 31st, 2023. Um, some of the provisions of the uh, contract are there's an additional holiday, uh, which would be Juneteenth. Um, after working six months, they would get 40 hours of vacation time, and after a year, they would receive the other um, 40 hours. Um, they also would receive four weeks uh, parental leave um, for those that are um, having babies or adopting. Um, there is a 3% increase uh, for two years. Um, and a $1,000 um, signing bonus. Um, if um, it is written into this agreement, if the city um, makes other um, retirement modifications to CBAs, that they can reopen um, this agreement. In uh, looking at the cost um, for this, we're looking at roughly around $72,000 per year in the wage increase and the $20,000 for the signing bonus. So with that, I would move this. And again, this uh, represents approximately 21 people. Thank you. Uh, Councilman Jackson. Thank you. And so when we're in closed session, you know, we talk about the changes in the CBAs and things like that. And then ultimately, we just come back here and approve or not. So I thought it would be a good idea to allow for our employees to have their leave right away instead of waiting for six months to, or to a year. However, it's not our job as council to change any of these terms. So therefore, um, we all just vote yes or no. And because I think that our city employees and our people should get their vacation right away and still just use it instead of have to wait six months, I'll just vote no today. Thank you. Okay, and certainly appreciate your, just, just so we're clear, bordering, right, disclosing what actually took place in and what was actually stated in closed session, so we gotta be careful. Uh, that being said, there is a motion on the floor. Is there further discussion? All right, hearing and seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 
Aye. All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Okay, we are to um, speaker registration for public comment on city government related matters. Um, we'll give you one more minute to uh, fill out the yellow form and turn in with Josh in the back. And in the meantime, we're two reports of city officers, boards, and commissions. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, um, Mr. President. I would move that all items be considered as being read in full and that the proper referrals be made by you, Mr. President. There is a motion on the floor. Further discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. We have minutes, items from the clerk, minutes of boards and commissions. Place on file. Uh, setting up public hearing for the Glenburn Commons uh, assessment. City operations. Uh, notification of the placement on file of Act 8 2021, a real estate purchase agreement, GC acquisitions for parking lot number 50. Uh, development of planning and place on file. Uh, items from the mayor, setting a public hearing and taking action on an ordinance to amend the licensing of waste haulers ordinance. City operations. Um, we have two items relative to orders to make safe or demolish at 3601 Deerfield Ave. Uh, public safety. We have street decertification of 8th Street between Jerome Street and East Michigan Avenue. Uh, city operations. Uh, grant acceptance, uh, Michigan Economic Development Corporation Enhancement Grant for Capital Security. Ways and means. We have two items relative to the uh, amendment to Chapter 1300 Marijuana Operations. Committee of the Whole. Uh, we have col the collective bargaining agreement that was just adopted. Uh, place on file. Uh, social districts, updates to various provisions. City operations. Uh, we have the reappointment of Bobby Freiling to the Board of Zoning Appeals. Development and planning. Reappointment of David Price to the Board of Water and Light. Committee of the Whole. Uh, we have two items relative to Act 8 of 2021, uh, the parking lot 50 sale. Development and planning. Communications and petitions, claim appeal for Lor Ron uh, for $1,010 in trash violation fees at 1610 South Cedar. City operations. And a claim appeal for Andrea Vale for 2068 in trash violation fees at 411 Dunlap. City operations. And we are two remarks by council members. We have any additional remarks? Seeing none. Remarks by the mayor. Mayor Shore. You're okay, we are to public comment on city government related matters. Um, I have to apologize to a previous speaker. Uh, I believe I cut Jody Washington off early. I think I did not reset the clock in between the previous speaker and her. So we appreciate that. I will <laughs> try to be better. Um, so we have Nicholas Zandi followed by Loretta Stanaway. Thank you for allowing me to speak tonight and allowing me to be the first speaker again. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of Decentralized Lansing, an organization I started from scratch. And I started it because our city has a serious problem with representation, as three out of eight council members currently live in Ward 4. And not a single out-large council member lives in Ward 1, leaving it way underrepresented. 
and I'm sure the current ward council member for Ward 1 feels like he gets the shaft quite a bit. And also, in the most recent at-large city election last year, the two candidates, second and third place, um, they uh, were 200 votes away from each other, but yet one was elected and the other wasn't because of our really terrible system, which we could have changed had we gotten rid of first past the post, but we couldn't because of us, because of some garbage from state law. Um, and if we are to continue with our first past the post system, we need to get rid of the at-large city council seats. And we must increase the number of wards from four to eight, which uh, the new ward and precinct map was actually just released by the city clerk's office. In fact, because of that, I was able to draw what, in my opinion, an eight ward city council should look like. I will show it right here. I don't think the camera can pick it up, but you can always look at it on the um, Decentralized Lansing Facebook page. Um, if, and I'll, I call on the city council to get my proposal on the ballot this year, aiming for November. If they don't, well, I'll go with the petitions method. And the support for this proposal, we've been, I've been seeing a lot of support for this proposal and I can see it passing either way. Our city seriously needs help. Poverty and crime are at their worst and we need more people from impoverished communities to better to serve on the city council to in order to better address those issues and getting rid of those at-large positions and increasing the number of wards is the my opinion the best way to do it that's all i have to say and i yield the rest of my time as little as there is thank you the next speaker is loretta stanaway Given the fact that you guys passed the ordinance on the uh, firearms, then I would like to suggest that since the uh, police department does have records of anyone who has registered their firearm, that they be instructed or requested um, to send a letter out to all the registered gun owners expressing this new ordinance and explaining it and making the public aware that is most likely to need to be aware. Thank you. Sorry, next we have uh, Belinda Fitzpatrick followed by Kyle Richard. Belinda Fitzpatrick, by the way, I wanna um, bring to your attention that I gave you the wrong post office box because the post office had given me the wrong post office box. And so it's 20204. I would like to bring to the attention of the city council and the public of something that's going on in Ingham County Animal Control. Ingham County Animal Control was told 
an attorney general opinion, 7314, that the dog law does not give them authority to regulate livestock and poultry. Well, now they are using MCL 750.50, which is a criminal statute for animal cruelty. I had the pleasure of having Ingham County Animal Control break into my house and take my chickens and file felony criminal charges against me. Um, I want to tell everybody, all of my chickens were in good health. All of my chickens were well cared for. The big ones were out back. I had some inside. I had four babies up in the bathroom. And they were so sweet. I'm so great at socializing these chickens that my friends like to say that I'm a chicken whisperer. Now, I had scraped and swept the bathroom floor. And I have some place else I can take a shower, but about once a week I'd clean up the bathtub and I'd, the two of them were so tame that they'd come sit on the tub when I was taking a bath. Now, maybe that sounds gross to some people, but it's becoming more and more popular. Go to Tractor Supply right now and you're gonna see all the little baby chicks and they're adorable and it's becoming more and more common, okay? Now, <clears throat> I had spoke to the animal control officer the day before, and I told him he was welcome to come back, and I had let him, I've got two houses, I let him in the one to look around, and he said, oh, okay, I'll come back and I'll make surprise inspections. Well, I said, well, tomorrow I have to take my mother to an MRI, and it'll be at two o'clock. So here I am with my mother out of town at the MRI getting a call that my house is being broken into and my chickens being confiscated. Now I've seen animal control do this too much. They do a lot of good, but they need to get under control. They've got a millage coming up. They rely on donations and um, I'm gonna try to figure out something to do about it. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have Kyle Richard. Hey, everyone. Thank you for being here tonight again. Um, I mean, I, I'll tell you that a week and a half ago, uh, well, first off, I'll say I'll stand by everything I said. Um, I knew what I was going to say about three days after the last city council meeting. Um, and about a week and a half ago, I told myself, you're going to lose this. You're going to say what you're going to say, and they're going to vote anyway. And so congratulations, y'all are predictable. Um, y'all are using a lot of language around tools in the toolbox. And <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you have a problem that you need to solve, you don't throw the whole toolbox at it. You find the tools that are going to work best. If you have a bolt that is stuck and needs to be turned, you don't hit it with a hammer, right? And so this, this like punitive process that y'all keep doing again and again is honestly hard to watch. Um, the I had one note I wanted to talk about was democracy. Um, you know, I think that the motion by Vice President Wood to move for a public hearing and a vote at the same meeting is frankly like flies in the face of the democratic process. Uh, when people come down here and we scoop some goop out of our brain and we throw it on the table, 
there's an expectation that you take some of it home and let it bake and then think about it. Not, not only using like the 20 minutes that you're talking about other business to consider something. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have public hearings, actually hear it, listen, process, then come back and make a decision, please. The, um, and I do think, I wanna mention this, there was a meeting um, when Spadafore was still president where Spadafore wasn't there and uh, President Hussein, you were in charge that day. And I remember that meeting, I was sort of like, oh, okay, like who's, who's this Adam Hussein guy? Kind of, this, 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 you know, this meeting kind of has a flow. This meeting kind of, it has a vibe to it. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as like as stiff, but I worry that sometimes that maybe that flow is, uh, you gotta be careful. Cause if we, if we go, if we move too fast, we're gonna lose grip of the road. The, um, and so we re back to, uh, solutions. If, if you want to solve a problem, you have to use the tools that work on that problem. Basically saying, oh, we're just gonna, the, we, we need these reports for the stolen guns. We need to, like, what is this? Does this stop gun violence? I, I, I watched the State of the City address, and it, it, the way that Mayor Short talks about the children of the city is frankly abhorrent. And, um, and it's, it's hard because like, I went to the grand reopening of Lansing Art Gallery Education Center and Mayor Shore was there. And he said, Lansing's gonna be the arts capital of the world. We got kids dying in the street. What are you talking about? Thank you. Thank you, that was our final speaker. With no other business before the body, we are adjourned.